0: All right, good morning, Crossroads Ministries. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank you for being here this morning. For those of you who are joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in. you turn with us stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. And almighty, Fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power. Say hello. Say good morning to everyone. By now they fall, but you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my comfort. Still Great is Your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in Your hands. This is my faith. that this
1: morning. Amen. 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 You guys can have a seat. It's good to be with you. Welcome. Glad you're all here. Glad you're joining us online. I have a few things. One thing I want to talk about that happened last week and some things that are coming up. One thing is that our movie night on Wednesday was awesome. It was great to see all the families out. And like somebody texted me afterwards and said, hey, thanks for putting the air conditioning on. And it took me like a good Day and a half to go, wait, what? But, you know, God just turned that temperature down. It was cool. The movie was great. Can we just thank God for Allie and Donnie and the team that put that all together? It was an awesome, awesome night. The bounce houses, and then the kids would go over to the Kona ice truck, and then go back on the bounce houses, and, you know, it just you see how that works. It was, just, it was full of sugar and jumping on the bounce houses. It was a great, great night. We thank God for beautiful weather. I saw the rain clouds, like, coming over the screen, and all of a sudden they just, like, moved. So thank God for that. It was a great night. So good, good stuff. Um, hey, listen, a couple things. Tuesdays, our car cruise. So please come on out for our car cruise, 5 to 9 on Tuesdays. And then also uh, Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., uh, there's going to be MOPs registration. Ladies, find your flock. You see the flamingos on the screen, right? See, the, what this is all about is having um, a place to call, like, family and people to connect with you that have preschoolers. And so mothers of preschoolers, MOPs. You're like, I didn't know what that stood for. You do now. Um, but ladies, come on out Tuesday at 10 a.m. Now, there's also a, a table in the lobby. Please connect with the ladies there, and they'll get you signed up for MOPS, as well as we're looking for people to jump and, on that and serve um, with the team for MOPS this year. So ladies, uh, get connected in the lobby. Come on out on Tuesday. They're going to be meeting in the gym uh, for a time just to connect and get everybody registered for MOPS. But we're also looking for people to sign up and volunteer to be uh, help out with the MOPS this year. So. Right, Lord? Yeah. So help out with the MOPS ladies and get involved. It's going to be a great year, and I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. It's just a phenomenal connection point. People will search out MOPS on the website, and they'll on like the MOPS International website and find our church. And it's a it's just incredible what God's doing. So get connected with the MOPS, all you ladies that have preschoolers. And then also will also let you guys know that our our small groups. We talk about C groups a lot. And I've been talking to people, and I hear a lot of things like, oh, I want to be in a small group, but I don't have time. But I hear also a lot of people in the same breath saying, I'm really looking to connect. So what a small group is, what a C group is, is connecting with four or five other people, no more than ten, and you're studying the Word of God. It could be every week. It could be every other week. Um, It could be on Wednesdays, it could be on Sunday mornings, it could be, you know, we'll have some space on Sunday mornings that will allot for that, for you to connect, you know, like during the service, you know, go to a service, you know, be a part of a small group. Um, Also on Wednesday night, we're also looking, you know, you could have one at um, 5 o'clock in the morning on Friday, because that's the only time. Um, I used to know a guy that worked on the Hill in D.C., and he did his small group at 3 o'clock in the morning. You're like, because that's the only time that he could make it work. So... There, there's a, there, there is an opportunity here, church, to get connected. And if you would like to start a group, you're like, I'm not really sure, but I feel like led to start a group, to host a group, we're having a training this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be training our hosts. Um, and, and what a host means is somebody who has a heart for people, can open up your place, serve serve a snack, serve food, and then tea. go to our website because we will give you all the information, the questions, the resources, how to have a healthy, vibrant group. So, on out on Wednesday, this week, and we will train you on how to host a group, how to put people in your group, how to lead discussion, and how to develop other people to lead the discussion because our gro- our goal and our vision is to see these groups just multiply and grow because everybody needs somebody else, and somebody else needs you in their group. So if you're interested in your bulletin, there's a little piece of paper, sign I want to host, check I want to host, or check I want to... Join a group, put it in the offering box, or give it to the Welcome Center, and I will call you this week and follow up with you. You can also do all this on our website. But listen, if you're just like on the fence about hosting a group, come Wednesday. I'd love to talk with you. And uh, it's two hours of your time, but it'll be worth it. All right, so that's C Groups, and we're looking forward to what God's going to do, and I think he's going to do something incredible, getting all of our church people connected uh, here as we, as we grow in our walk with Christ. Also, church, thank you for your faithfulness in giving. God has given to us, and we respond um, uh, just giving. And thank you for your faithfulness and giving towards the mission. You know, We want to see lives changed by Jesus. That's why we have movie nights. That's why we have kids' ministry, student ministry, small groups, C groups, all these things. Because we want to see people changed by Christ. That's why we do what we do. So thank you for being faithful in giving. You can give online, through the mail, or the boxes on the wall. But God's doing amazing work in our church, and we're so grateful. Would you guys pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for just the, the things. We you know, God, It's I, I, I hear churches left and right that are closing their doors. Um, they can't keep the lights on. Uh, Lord, people aren't coming. And the, the main thing isn't the main thing. God, I thank you that the main thing here is the main thing, and that's Jesus Christ is the main thing. So, Lord, be with us as we uh, hear from your word this morning. Um, and, Lord, as we sing here in a second, uh, God, just... Just help us, wake us up, shake us up, uh, God, as we, uh, just, we need you more and more every single day. Uh, Lord, thank you for the faithfulness and giving of your people. Thank you for the movie night we had, for the mops registration coming up, for car crews. Lord, for all the things, C groups, all this stuff, God, it's all because of you and it's all for you. So we just commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, would you stand as we continue in worship this morning?
0: i Stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see you working. Even when
1: Hey, I want to share with you that Pastor Ken and Rhonda, and there's a few others that went down to see our youth pastor, Luke Sorecka marry his lovely bride, Claire. So they were married yesterday, so if we thank God for Luke and Claire? Uh, just having just met him, you know, last October, and I stood there and I saw these, these two cute kids standing in front of the table at this career fair, and I just said, I'm like, oh, are you guys engaged? And she had to look like... No, nope, not yet. And then he was like, I know. You know what I mean? And so it was uh just what a what a blessing. And then Pastor Ken this morning is actually gonna be at Dave Havoc's church hearing Dave preach. So Dave was one of Ken's disciples, so what a cool thing for Ken to be able to be a part of and Ronda. So that's where they're at. So he asked me to, to share on uh, Psalms uh, forty six. So Psalm forty six is where we're gonna be this morning and like Pastor Ken's been sharing almost every weekend, there's something in the Psalms that really just deals with just about every emotion that we encounter. And I hope it's been an encouragement, just like it's been to me and, and my family. And I know I've been hearing little things here and there like, oh, I didn't know that this was in the Psalms. And that's, that's God's word for you. Like every time we dig in, it's something different he teaches us. So just keep, just keep buckling down and, and getting into it. Um, I want to share with you that out of 4, Psalm 46, there's a song you may have grown up singing um, by this guy, uh, Martin Luther. He wrote a song called A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It's a phenomenal song, and um, this song was actually inscribed on his tomb. So when he died, that's where it's inscribed, is on his tomb. And it's said to be the greatest hymn of the greatest man in the greatest period in German history. When it first appeared in print in 1529, it became the Hymn of the Reformation, also known as the Battle Hymn of the Protestant Reformation. People sang it in the streets, um, you know, uh, martyring for their faith. Uh, And also, you know, people sang it as they were being persecuted and sent into exile. Um, But the whole crux of this song from Psalm 46 is based off of the principle that we cannot have confidence in elaborate rituals, but only in God. And we can only trust not in church authorities or government or anything else, but only trust in Jesus Christ. And so, you know, it, what's, what's so powerful about the song is, it's, is it really paints this picture that when all seems at its worst, we must not trust in the strength of man, but only in God. How applicable is that today? We cannot trust in man. We cannot trust in any human abilities, only in the strength of God. So here's two questions for you I want to share. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? And you're like, that was my whole car right here. Uh, you know, all the things. Or, or have you have you ever felt like, you know, the world is falling apart? Um, you may not have expressed it, but you may have felt it. And maybe not now, but maybe you felt that before. Um, the feelings and emotions are real, and in questions seem to be the only way that we can process it. Will it get worse? Will it ever stop? What if? You ever have that daze that you kind of just go into, and you just kind of like do this, and then you're just having conversation with yourself and it just gets scary um, but when we take a look we take a look at our world we know that things aren't getting better and you're like wow wow this is uh, great encouragement thanks Luke appreciate this um, but no seriously we don't even have to turn the news on we can have a conversation with four or five people and we're we are great at coming up with like two good things and a thousand negative things it's just so it's so easy and there's all kinds of things that are happening in our world if we do turn on the news or are aware uh, but what, how do you deal with all this? I don't know about you, but I deal with stress uh, and being overwhelmed kind of like this. Uh, I, I become a recluse. I pull away, and I immediately fight the temptation to just try to get better. I've got to figure it out. I can do this. I can do this on my own. Um, I fight my own battles, and, but I'm in control. Does that sound familiar? But that's what we do as people, right? We try to invent our own little shack and go hide under it, and then the wind comes and it blows it down. Or we look at our track record, or we look online and our, check out our finances and our checkbook, and everything looks good, so I must be okay. Or we look at our track record, nothing bad's happened, so I must be okay. Because, listen, at the end of the day, it's all about protecting us. So what's this whole refuge, this shelter, what does that concept even mean? So here's what a refuge means in terms of our passage this morning. Refuge means a shelter from rain or storm, so that's the physical side, but there's also a spiritual refuge. It's also protection from danger of falsehood. So we, we automatically turn to what we can do for strength, right? And protection when we run to the refuge of ourselves, it happens. You know, I constantly battle the lie in my own life. If I'm strong, well, then God must be strong. If I'm okay, God must be okay. But the reality is this isn't the life that God wants for us. He's, we're his children. Like He wants the best for us. He doesn't want us sitting there just trying to figure it out on our own like trying to build our little our little shelters in life and just try to hide under it and then the wind comes and knocks it down. You know what I mean? Like it's he doesn't that's not the life he intends for us to just figure it out on our own watching us run in circles. He wants us to find shelter in him and to lean and depend on his strength. But you may be thinking, what about when I'm overwhelmed? What about when I'm unstable? Is God unstable? Is God overwhelmed? Is he not strong? Here's the deal. In order for us to really grasp the power that Psalm 46 gives us, we have to to come to the end of ourselves right now. Like our weak and feeble lives have zero to do with God's power and strength. Amen. My mother-in-law texted me this morning and said she was praying for me and she said, as you give God's message, and I said, thank God that it's his message and not mine. Because I have nothing. I have no power in words. Only the power comes from the word of God. And so when we come to the end of ourselves, that's when we can really start to grasp how powerful and strong God is. So here's the question this morning. How do we make God our refuge? It's easy to to picture a physical, right, a physical refuge. You know what I mean? It's easy to to, to imagine that physical refuge of protecting us from something, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like as you see the waves crash around you and you're all safe and warm. How do we... Find refuge in God. How do we find protection in God, whom we can't see? Let's go to God's Word. Chapter 46 in Psalms is written, so if you got to flip there, type there, however you get there, it's on the screen as well. But chapter 46 is written by musicians, right? The sons of Korah, who were musicians during that time. And this morning, on the back of your notes, you're going to see three blanks. And so we're going to identify three pillars of God's strength and refuge in this chapter so that we can learn how to make God our refuge and lean on him. Let's start in verse 1. So verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Verse 2 says, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. And then 3 says, Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Lots of visuals. So number 1 in your notes is that God is enough. God is enough. The first pillar talks about God being our, he's sufficient, right? He is enough for us. He is the, the, he is like the perfect amount and more, more than we could possibly need. He is enough. His presence is unwavering. And it says in verse, in verses one through three, it talks about he's an ever present help in trouble. God can easily be found. We don't have to go to a church or a temple Or we don't have to go to a certain spot of the world to find God. We can talk to him right now. He is ever-present. In fact, we could talk about the fact that he's omnipresent and all of our minds would explode for like a long time. You know what I mean? He's just as much here as he is over here. He's over here in a third world country in time zones and he transcends all time zones. And yeah, your brains are already melting at this point. So... He can easily be found, and he has proven himself reliable in times of trouble. I think it's so easy when we get into problems, right? What does our focus become all about? The problem, right? It's, it's. I see negative in my bank account. That's all I see. And then your blinders get really, really, really focused, and that's all you see. And then the more worry comes, and the fear, and it goes on and on and on, and it just keeps spiraling out of control. And so here, at the beginning of the psalm, the psalmist comes right out of the gates, and he's like, Uh, FYI, if the earth gets destroyed, um, and the, and the the earth just caves in, we can find refuge and strength. That's pretty extreme, right? So it's not like, Hey, it's a small thing. He's saying right out of the get go. He's saying here, he said that though the earth gives way, that's a pretty big deal, but we can trust in God and he is our strong refuge. Though the earth is destroyed, trust me, we can find refuge in God and he's calling us to learn and lean on his strength. Why? Why is he calling us to be to lean in on him and his strength and for him for a refuge? Because there's a lot there's biblical logic here. If God is our refuge and strength, this it says because that's true, and then it says therefore we will not fear. Since God is our strength and refuge, therefore we will not fear. But fear's kind of tricky, isn't it? Fear is the feeling that much of our world markets its message. If we can fear, we can be controlled. Fear starts in the quietness of one's heart and makes its way to the, into the decisions we make and the actions we take, slowly being stoked and kept by the constant information downloading of our world's chaos till it grows to an overwhelming level. It just got real. That's powerful, that fear can take that control over us. when When the most become when most of us become uh, unstable God isn't unstable he's always stable we can trust him he is enough he is enough to trust for strength and refuge you ever trusted something that wasn't enough and i hope that this isn't you but has anybody ever thought man that ladder looks enough <sighs> yeah i saw somebody first hour and i've i've you know heard the story of you know, this particular ladder did not hold up and they fell down and ended up in the hospital and it was really bad. I hope that was never you. But maybe it wasn't something physical. Maybe it was something emotional. I thought that this friendship was enough or this relationship was enough. Now it's gone. He is enough to trust for strength and refuge. And David gives us a great picture that God is enough for us to trust and depend on for our refuge. He says in Psalm sixty two, My salvation, which is already right there, is is everything. My salvation, my rescue, my life change, my because of my sin I fall short of the glory of God. And David's saying, My salvation, my rescue, that's it. Is and then he goes on, he says, My honor, my reputation, my everything depend on God. And then it says, He is my mighty rock, my refuge. David, who's like, you know, He's been the number one screw-up, but he's also been the number one like advocate for God, saying, listen, God has done these things in my life. He says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. You know, we can either pour out our hearts to God or fear or worry or everything else. We can either run to prayer and soaking in the word of God, meditating on his truths and promises, or we can fan the flame of fear by asking the never-ending what if, what will happen. When this, or if this, then that, what do I do? You know, I, I find myself so often, instead of running to God and depending on Him, don't we swipe our phones instead of getting on our knees? It happens. We do it. Like, if you ever get that notification that says how long you've been on your phone, hopefully that's alarming. But I often find myself, it's so easy, like, oh, well, what's one more look at this or looking for a job? If I haven't found a job, I'm going to look over here. Or if I find some acceptance on social media, then I'll be okay for like an hour and then I've got to get back on. It's like it's never enough. And then it says here, it says, when the, whole, when the whole world around us quakes, when the economy shakes, when the foam of fear builds all around us, when the human stability we've worked so hard gives away, God says, don't fear. Trusting God, he is our strength and refuge, therefore we will not fear. He is our safe harbor, church. He is our hiding place. He is our shelter. So many times we've felt the overwhelming waters of life around us and yet ignore the light of God's lighthouse calling out. It's like we're in the middle of an ocean on our little life preserver. And there's the steady, strong beam from the lighthouse right in front of us. Right in front of us. And we're like, everywhere else, but heading towards the light. I find myself that doing that all the time. Got a problem in your life? Here's God going, meet with me, I'm here, I haven't left you. Steady, strong beam of light, and I'm on my little preserver, because everything is overwhelming, right? All the things are happening. I'm overwhelmed, I'm fearful, I'm worrying, my, everything is in chaos. I'm, I got my one little preserver, and I'm like pedaling to find every, every other answer except for the beam of light that's right in front of me. We can trust in him. You know, he is our source of inner strength by which we can face anything. Um, one of the things we like to do is, is watch storms roll into our house. Not like this, but um, you're like, I thought Luke was smart. Um, but, you know, we like to watch storms roll in. And, and, you know, one thing I even thought about as I shared last night and uh, shared this the first hour, I thought, you know, We like to watch storms roll in, and then when it gets closer, sometimes, like your kids. Like, you remember as a kid, like, getting scared and, like, wanting to cling to your parents, or maybe your kids don't like storms, and they're like, you know, or maybe your animals, I don't know. Uh, But, like, they want to cling to something. They feel scared. But then I even took it a step further, and I was thinking while we were singing some of the songs this morning, I was like, one thing that I've noticed, too, with our family is um, my kids are, when it's, like, pouring rain and the storm is crazy. There's no lightning. There's nothing dangerous. They want to go out in storm. Because they know that we're there on the porch watching them. And it made me think about, like, isn't that a cool picture of our relationship with God? It's not that we want to completely avoid the storm. But we are more willing to go into the storm when we know that he's right there. Isn't that cool? And I think, like, it's, it's like I it didn't dawn on me until just, like, you know, a little bit ago. Um Storms don't scare me as much, but I don't know if your kids do this. But like, um, I have a six-year-old that when it's like storming or he needs something, he doesn't really tap me on the shoulder. He'll just stand at my bed and just kind of stare at me until I wake up. That scares the living daylights out of me. So if you have that, you get it. Um, (laughs) Those are my sources of uh, fear in my life. Um, But you know, when you have a storm, you want to you want to seek shelter. So when, when, the, when our foundations around us are caving and the storm is around us, what do we do? What do the righteous do? What do we do as people? Psalm 11, 3 through 4 says, When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? So when our foundations are caving, our life is crumbling around us, or we're just really just having a hard week. Because when you're having a hard week, you feel like you're in the middle of the ocean. You feel like you're in the middle of the water. When your coworkers are You feel like you're, you know, you're outside of the inner circle. You know, you feel like, you know, if nothing is happening at your house, your finances don't look a certain way or your future doesn't look steady or you're like relationally, you just feel like off kilter from, from everybody in your family and your friends and you just feel off and you're like, I feel like just overwhelmed all the things, right? When your foundation is being destroyed, it's like, what do you do? Then in verse four, he says, the Lord is in his holy temple. We could stop there. The power in that is, do you see how when we are going through the craziness and the chaos and the destruction and we see everything like falling apart and it's always like all the things and it's never, it's like up and down, up and down. God's in his temple. He is unfazed. He is unfazed. And then it says, the Lord is is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. When our foundations are shaken, what can we do? Trusting God that he is enough because God is not shaken. God stands, even though all may fall. And just like we read earlier, he's an accessible refuge. He is ever present. He is always near, He is always present. He is able to be found. Trouble will come, but God is always present. He is enough. God is just what we need. His strength and his refuge are enough. Would we believe that this morning? Number two on your notes is that in your notes is that God is secure. In verse four, he goes on. He says, "There is a river whose streams may glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells." Verse five says, "God is within her; she will not fall. God will help her at day at break of day. Nations are in uproar; kingdoms fall. Sound familiar?" He lifts his voice; the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You know what makes the city glad? Look in verse 4. Right? What's it say? It makes the city glad. The river whose streams make glad the city of God. If you think about a city up on a hill or a city, Jerusalem is what this passage is specifically talking about. And what's so cool here, and I want to, I want everybody to see this connection. This is so important. What they're talking about here in this river, Jerusalem has these measly little streams, these springs, right? Although some of you have springs, and you're like, Luke, you should see my spring. Um, but these mezy little streams feed this city, and the faith because God is at the center of this city, they trust in God for more than they could possibly know what to do with. So, so just 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 keep that like stored away. Jerusalem has these mezy little streams, and the Jordan River is about thirty kilometers to the east of the city walls. And in the in the days of the sons of Korah who wrote this psalm. Jerusalem's main source was a spring, but it says they had faith and trusted that since the Lord God is with them, that he will provide for them abundantly, as if their city sat here. Look at this picture. That's the Nile in Cairo. You're talking like a big, big river. Big. Why do you need water? What do you need more than food? Water. You need water. Someone this morning was was just saying, thank you, God, for the rain. We needed the rain. We need water. Water is so important. And it makes, in this passage, if you look at verse 4, it says it makes the city glad. So Jerusalem, the people in Jerusalem, had their current situation. They had these measly streams. But they trusted in God to provide something bigger and far more incredible than they could possibly imagine. Faith in that God is secure and will provide that security. Why do we need water? Why is water important? Water is needed for everyday survival. Water also represents peace. Guaranteed water is one of the best defenses against an enemy, and Jerusalem was susceptible to enemy's attacks. So the fact that they would have guaranteed water is so important. God is within her, within this city. And then it says that God will help her at break of, of, of day. If you think about it, it's like, man, if I can just get to the morning. If I can just get to this part, it's like you see the break of day. You see the break and you see the change in the day. It's like God's like, listen, I'm going to get you through this. Just like I get you through the break of day. That God will help you just arise over your fear and the worries and, and all the things that are going on. And God will be there like the break of dawn. The darkness of adversity shall be scattered. He is secure. He is present. He is peace giving. He is blessing and he is providing. And then it says the nations are in uproar. Like I said, sound familiar? Kingdoms fall. Or you may personally go, I don't know a whole lot of what's happening internationally or nationally. Or I don't really know what's happening down the road. But I feel overwhelmed. God pays no regard to the rage of the nations, and then it says, "At His mere voice, the earth melts." You know, you could you could say like like I ever see my kids, you know, fight, and you always got to one up the other. I have three boys, although my daughter acts like a boy most of the time because she's raised by three boys. So there's four like just constant like battling. It's like it might start off with like you know he looked at me funny, you know. You know what I mean? And then it goes, and then it becomes a a look to a smack, to a punch, to a tackle, to a grind into the ground, to a, you know, it just goes on and on and on. It's like a one up. God does not sit there and go, well, I see all that's happening. I'm going to destroy this. It says that he raises his voice and the earth melts. He is completely unfazed. Do we see the contrast of how God is flexing His power? May we find security today in the God who provides peace, strength, and confidence. Church, we can't look to our finances. We can't look to family. We can't look to friends. The stock market. Um, if you if you know how that thing works, then God bless you. I don't. Um, social media it definitely is not there. Um, the news cycle, you know, elections. Because if we focus on those things and it's any sort of like refuge of strength. It changes nonstop, and we eventually know that it's just—it's—it's going to change. It's going to be different, and we're going to be sorely disappointed. You know, and, and there are people, and I think we're all guilty of it, that we find our strength in those things. It's easy when things are going great. It's like, why not feel strong? Why not feel confident in yourself? But that can't be the total sense of confidence. Isaiah 28:15, it says, "You boast, we have entered into a covenant with death." The realm of the dead we have made an agreement. When an overwhelming scourge sweeps by, it cannot touch us. For we have made a lie our refuge and falsehood our hiding place. As tough as that may be, to make our refuge in anything but God is a lie. We make falsehood our hiding place by trusting anything other than God. Truly God, and we must be reminded of this, is that he's the only one promising to actually be with us. To never leave us, to never forsake us. At the end in verse 7, he says, "The Lord Almighty is with us." Imagine this commander of of the armies, you know, both the army and his people, and the armies of heaven, and and he's standing there, and it's like you think I have no relationship. You know, there could be hundreds of thousands of people, and it, and God has all the people of the world, but it says that He's with us when it comes to Christmas time. What do we celebrate? God Emmanuel, because He is what God with us. That is who He is. And then it says, you know, I, I think about it. It's like you know. A commander is leading his army into battle. We know we're going to face the troubles of this world. And it's not like he stands there in the back and just goes, all right, everybody everybody, go through this life. It's going to be great. And then he walks the other way. Look in John sixteen thirty-three. We know we're going to have trouble. We know we're going to have problems. But Jesus reaffirms us and reassures us. He says in verse 33, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. He starts off by saying, listen, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But then he quickly says, with an exclamation point, but take heart. I've overcome the world. You know, when we give our lives to Christ, I want you guys to visualize this. I am not a roller coaster person, but I think this is a good analogy. Anybody? Roller coaster people? Like diehard roller coaster people? Like, you know. Okay, um, I'm not. Um, I got asked to go on one thing that spun you upside down and flipped you around, and I did it because I love a certain child of mine. And. Um, I thought I saw the light, you know, coming up. Anyway, um, but imagine that, you know, when we give our lives to Christ and we say, "All right, I believe that I need a Jesus. I believe I need Christ." And I say, "Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in what you did on the cross for me. I give my life to follow you." We get into that car with Christ, and and then and then Jesus goes, "Hey, listen, there's going to be like flips and dumps and stuff that I don't, you're not even going to know how to like completely understand." And I'm not sure how exactly it's going to end. He says, listen, we're going to have loops. We're going to have quick dives, quick turns, spins around. You may not even know where you are. We're going to have trouble. But then he says this. He says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. That's the God that we follow. It's not like, hey, we're just going to figure this thing out. It's like, listen, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have pain. But I'm going to be with you. He says right there before the disciples, before he goes up to heaven at the end of Matthew, he says, what? He goes, go preach, teach, and baptize, and behold, I will be with you always. I love that it says exclamation point. You ever, like, give someone, like, some, like, interesting news or maybe, it's not cryptic, but it's a little bit interesting, and they're kind of, like, sitting there, and you kind of, like, wait to tell them, like, the end of it. It's like, hey, like, I'm not exactly sure where we're going to going. There's going to be some bumps. Pause. Jesus is like, take heart, exclamation point, because guess what? I've overcome the world. I know the end. I win. That's the God that we serve. We know we're going to have trouble. And then it says, so this God that's leading this army, he knows, he knows what's going to happen. He says, take heart. I've overcome the world. And then this part about God being, he is with us, is he says the God of Jacob is our fortress. So here we got two credible visuals that the God is leading the army and the God is with us. Thank God that he is an ever-present God who is reigning, who is powerful, who is strong, and he's mighty, and he's with us. Thank God for that. He is enough, and God is secure. God is enough, God is secure. And the third one in your notes is that God is the ultimate authority. Psalm 46, 8 through 11, it says this, Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now we can see as we read that he focuses from God's strength and security now to his glory and authority. He says, come and see. In 2021, about 50% of Americans said they read the Bible on their own at least three to four times per year. That percentage has stayed more or less steady since 2011. But in 2022, it dropped 11 points. Now only 39% say they they read the Bible multiple times per year or more. It is the steepest, sharpest decline on record. People have stopped reading the Bible. But there's one thing that they never stopped reading. The lives of us that have been changed by God. You may have coworkers and family members that you interact with all the time, neighbors that you talk with. They may never read the Bible, but they're watching. They watch how you live your life. You may never have a neighbor that picks up a Bible and reads it, but they're reading about what God has done in your life. And we can say, come and see what he has done. It matters greatly how we find our security. I can almost imagine God's people looking over the field of battle after God has completely rerouted his enemies. He has destroyed their bows. He has shattered their spears. And he's burned their shields. God is flexing his power over military. And just showing how powerful and authoritative he is. And we we hear, we read, he read, we read that he declares his authority over what happens on earth as far as our external situations, and now he deals with us personally, the God that is with us. And he says here, he says, be still, cease striving. He is the Lord over the universe, the invisible and in, invisible forces. You know, Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God, is a phenomenal passage. Phenomenal. I did not read it. The way that I think the psalmist intended, because I did not read it. I read it as more of a be still, like a shepherd is leading a sheep to the water, like be still, which is good, which is really good. But I think Jesus also talks about being still in another story that we remember. We might remember. Or maybe it's this morning. It's the first time. That's awesome. Mark 4:35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him. A furious squall, so like a rush of wind, came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves... Obey Him. When God tells us to be still and know that I am God, He's saying, stop fighting. Wake up. Snap out of it. Stop doing this on your own. You can't do it on your own. And and I think about those moments where I'm like, I catch myself in the middle, and it could be, you know, and usually what it is is like God channels channels through my wife, and my wife just like tells me, like, Luke, snap out of it. Like, wake up. Like, this is where we got to go. And I'm like, yeah, it's not always easy in the moment. The other day, like, we were just having a moment, like, we were getting ready to go do something. Our culture is so, so obsessed with hurry. Anybody else? Hurry. Like, constantly. If you didn't do it, like, 15 days ago, then you're late. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like my grandfather used to tell my grandmother. He would have, like, an appointment at, like, you know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It would be, like, 9 o'clock in the morning, and he would say, Barb, we're late. Like, my whole life, growing up around that. You know what I mean? So I always, I'm like... You know, I'm like, I got problems. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about the thing that's happening, you know, four or five days down the road and hap- not thinking about what's happening here and now. And I feel like God is like, will you stop fighting? Will you stop doing this on your own? Wake up and recognize that I am God. God will make, his, will make sure his glory is known. and His word reminds us who he is and calls us to worship in awe. Be still and remember who God is. Be still and stop fearing. Be still and see who God is. And what he's doing, be still and acknowledge his greatness. Be still and know God is with you. He is the ultimate authority. Church, in a world is constantly screaming for our to have authority in our lives. Making its way into our lives, to have authority in our lives, we cannot wait anymore to make God the ultimate authority. Because... If your authority is in like what the world is screaming at you and trying to, and trying to claw to have, have authority and say in your life, stop. Make God the ultimate authority for your career, your finances, your relationship, your futures, your decisions. May we recognize God as the only authority in our lives. Truly the day is coming, church. Philippians two ten through 11 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And under the earth. Remember, we talked about the roller coaster and getting in the car with Jesus, and, and he's saying, Listen, we're going to have loops, we're going to have flips, we're going to have upside downs, we're going to have quick turns, we're going to have spins around, and all that stuff. Here's what's going to happen. At my name, every knee will bow. And it says, Not just here, but it says, In heaven, and on earth, and under the earth. And then it says, Every tongue. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Quick recap. We talked about God is enough. There's no other strength and refuge like God's exists. We will always be looking for more. If God is not our source of power and refuge, we're going to be constantly reinventing ourselves and constantly finding new shelter. It's like, the three little pigs, it's like the three billion pigs because they're always constantly making the new shelters, constantly making new shelters because they keep falling down. The big bad wolf comes and blows it down, blows it down, blows it down, constantly. If we build it up in our finances, everything looks good. What about the days it doesn't look good? Destroyed. Relationships. If I, I this person is enough, it's like my ladder. That ladder looks enough. God's the only thing that's not going to move, not going to break, not going to fall, not going to. God is secure. The great commander is with us. The God of the universe is a refuge. And the third thing is that God is the ultimate authority. May we be still. Stop striving. Stop fighting this fight of life by ourselves. And may we step back and recognize and know that he is God. I love Solomon's words when he says, in Ecclesiastes, he says, um, You are God in heaven, and I am here on earth. And he says, So let my words be few. You ever had like felt like you had to always have something to say when somebody says something? And you're like I I don't I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> like I think that we do that with God. God's like stop, just stop, and know that I am God. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause as we close our service this morning. We're going to pause for just a little bit, and um, and we're just going to have a, we're going to have a time with God. So We're just going to be quiet just for just a little bit. And I want us to do business with God. And I want us to just have that time with the Lord and just ask Him to make still our hearts and our lives and will we worship and focus on Him as we leave this morning. So would you guys just just bow your heads and just have a moment of just quiet and let's, let's do what Scripture says. Let's be still before the God of the universe. Lord, we're responding just like you told us to in your word that says, Be still and look to you. God, we are constantly trying to reinvent ourselves. I'm guilty. We all are. We all fall short of that mark. And Lord, I I just I think that this is this is the time for us to, to make that move to being still as your people, focusing on you instead of the problems, instead of the pain, because it's all going to happen. We know. You know everything, God. If you, you, you're with us when the earth gives away, you'll be with us when we have our individual crisis or that we go through. And Father, I I know that here this morning there's all kinds of individual struggles and fights going on, and I pray that we would bring our fight to you right now, that we would stop, that we would snap out of it. We would bring our fight to you right now and leave it at your feet and say, Lord, I'm done fighting by myself. And maybe you're here this morning, you're online, and you've never made Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. Now is the time. Maybe you've never brought your fight to God ever. It's time can respond like this and saying Jesus I believe in what you did on the cross for me because of my sin and I believe that you rose 3 days later I believe in you Jesus I give my life now to follow you forever ever and ever to be still and to look at you as the ultimate authority as my sense of security as my strength my new refuge if you just made that decision to follow Jesus, he is now your refuge, now and forevermore. Lord, be with your church as we respond, as we recognize that the battle belongs to you. May we be still. Wake us up. Snap us out of it. Help us, Lord, as we respond. We ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. Church, would you respond as we or stand as we respond and worship this morning?
0: Good morning, Will. Thank you for being here on behalf of Crossroads Ministries. Have a wonderful week. You are dismissed.